Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will be teaching us from Genesis on how light is from God, and light is good, and light is our message, mission, and future. Download this message for free at friendshipwithgod.org and on iTunes. We need your support to continue this Bible teaching radio program. If you can give us a one-time or monthly donation support, it will keep this Bible teaching radio program going. Go to friendshipwithgod.org to donate or 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051, now or after the program. Here's Tom Cantor with today's teaching. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. He said, you have to become like little children, otherwise you can't get in. Just believe. Because what is it in Genesis 1 1? It's, it's like a test verse. It's like a simple question. Will you just simply believe? The first verse in the Bible is like a gate. It's like a gate verse. And the tragedy is that most people, when they come to this verse, they don't get through the gate. And people desperately need what the Bible has to offer. Most people, though, can't get through the gate. But he says, the word was God, and he goes on, the same was in the beginning with God. And he says, all, all thing, everything, every single thing was made by the word. You have to humble yourself because you have to say, okay, I choose to believe Genesis 1.1. Then I said, but I want to tell you that there was even a greater whistleblower than Esther. And that greater whistleblower came from a far, far, far away place where he was also a fish out of water, not with his own, and at great risk to himself, as a matter of fact, he was killed over it, at great risk to himself, he blew the whistle and said, not just the Jews, but all of mankind is heading toward a road of destruction. Same thing. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Well... Uh, 23 minutes later, <laughs> and, and the lawyer Goldberg got up and said, well, I was thinking about trying to correct Tom, but what can I say? Anyway, but it's true. He is the ultimate whistleblower. And Matthew 7 is him blowing the whistle. He comes down and he says, look, this broad way that looks so right to you, he says, that's a way to destruction. By the way, be a whistleblower for God. That's what evangelism is, being a whistleblower for God, warning people. Now, the whistle's been blown, death is our disease, life is our need, the Bible is the word of life, it's the anti-venom, and in these verses, the word straight comes out, describing the gate. The word straight is where we get our word stenosis, stenosis. That word's close to my heart. Because I had a stenosis. One of my coronary arteries got stenosed. So the blood's traveling around the bloodstream, and it's saying, oh, this is great. And all of a sudden, it comes to this big restriction in the artery, a very narrowing, as they said, 85%. And <clears throat> the tube narrows. And that's like a person who hears the word of God, who hears about God, and he says, yeah, I need God. That's good. Yeah, God, Jesus. But then they hear, well, Jesus is the only way to heaven. That's restrictive. No, 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 no. I can't, I can't believe that because some of my friends, no, my family, no, 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 no. Or they hear, but God wants to change, God wants to change your sinful habits. 
This Bible also says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Oh, no, 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 no. That's too restrictive. Bye-bye, God. And so that's what happens. The stenosis of it all. The way gets too tight, too narrow. So Genesis 1-1 is the gate. It's the gate. It's like the gate of the tabernacle. You know, the gate of the tabernacle, if you wanted to go in there, there was only one gate. So you had to get over that. There wasn't, you couldn't come from different places. There was one gate. Just one gate to get in. There's only one way to God. That's through the Lord Jesus Christ. There are many ways to the Lord Jesus Christ. Many, many ways. We, we um, had a practice for a while of doing Jewish testimonies, uh, taping them. I think we got about 10 or 11 of them. They'd go on for about an hour. And, um, you know, I would interview the person, how they came to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I had no idea what people were going to say. And uh, there was many a time I was shocked. I'm like, okay. That's the way it happened, a dream. So the light turned at the time it wasn't supposed to turn on the road. Anyway, so there are many, many ways to the Lord Jesus Christ. One way to God, through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, and also in the tabernacle, they pull that gate, or they pull that drape or the curtain back. And you know what you got to do to get in the tabernacle? Kind of got to go like this, you know, to get in. You got to like bow down. When you come to Genesis 1-1, that's a gate you have to bow down to get into. And that's, the, and, and that's what it is. You have to humble yourself because you have to say, Okay, I choose to believe Genesis 1-1. I understand. Public broadcasting system is forever going to be talking about the billions of years and the evolution and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's on the campus and that's what the world scientists believe. Okay. He says, okay, but I choose to believe this is true. You know, there's only one reason why anyone is in hell today. You know, that every person in hell today is there for the same reason. It's just one reason. You know what that is? P-R-I-D-E. That's it. That's it. Pride. That's the only reason. Why? Because, in, because James says in James 4, 6, 4, 6 God resisteth the proud. That's not a good thing to have God resist you. He resisteth the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. Hell is a place where the people are who God resisted. You know, it says in Proverbs 6, it says, This six things does the Lord hate. He uses the word hate. Hate. <clears throat> Seven are an abomination unto him. First, a proud look, a high look, an arrogant look. Remember, the greatest rules is number one, don't make God mad. Number two, make God happy. Number one, don't make God mad. Don't be proud. Number two, make God happy. Be humble. It says, not everyone. I want you to to, uh, just count them off here. Count off the the characteristics of these, these ones he's talking about. Not everyone, one, that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have two. We not prophesied in thy name. And in thy name, three cast out devils. And in thy name, done four many wonderful works. Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Four things that you can say about these people. Now, what's wrong? 
with these four descriptions. I mean, it, it, well, you know, what's wrong with, with, with calling him Lord? He said, if you, he said it's only by the Spirit of God that anyone can call Jesus Lord. And, and what's wrong with that? And, uh, or prophesying or preaching in his name. What's wrong with that? Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. Or, or casting out devils in his name. What's wrong with that? Casting out devils in his name. Or doing many wonderful works in his name. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong is it's all about what I did. It's all about what I did. You know, I called you Lord. I preached in your name. I cast out devils. I did many wonderful works. I mean, Lord, just just take a little time here and look at my resume already. I mean, take a look at my CV. Look what I did. Look at these things. I list them here. And you know what you don't hear from these people? You don't hear, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. For nothing good have I, whereby thy grace to claim. I'll wash my garments white in the blood of Calvary. See, you don't hear that. Or, or you don't hear, nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress. Helpless look to thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. You don't hear that. You don't hear that from these people. What you do hear is something like this. Not allowed in? I'm shocked. I'm shocked. There's got to be some mistake. Check the records. Look, we called you Lord. We preached in your name. We cast out devils. We did many wonderful works. You know, there's only two belief systems. There's only two. It's very simple. There's only two belief systems described by two simple words. The first word is do. I have to do what I have to do to get to heaven. I do, do, do. I will do the, or keep the traditions. I will do or keep God's commandments, the Torah. I will do or keep mitz- uh, good works or mitzvahs. That describes all the religions of the world. Very simple. Just do. It's what you got to do. That's what Martin Luther thought. I got to do this. I got to climb up this staircase that supposedly is the one that the Lord climbed to Pilate. I got to climb on my hands and my knees and seek. And then, but then the Bible teaches a different word, done. It's not a do, it's a done. It's all about what God did. It's all about what he did on the cross. It's all about it's done. It's accomplished. It's finished. Nothing in my hand I bring simply to thy cross, the the place where it was done, I cling. Jesus, he did it all. He paid it all. He did it all. So humility is necessary in coming to God. It's absolutely, there's a non-negotiable as far as God's concerned. Isaiah 66, 2 says, all these things, God says with word, all these things has my hand made. And all these things have been saith the Lord. Now, that's Genesis. Maybe you ought to turn to, I'm sorry. Uh, turn, to, please, to Isaiah 66, 2. This is a very important verse in the context of Genesis 1, 1. Why? Because this is how it's, what it's referring to when he says in, Gen, in uh, Isaiah 66, 2. All these things have my hand made. That's Genesis 1, 1. And all these things have been. That's John 1, 1. 
John 1.1 and Genesis 1.1, saith the Lord. Okay, now the next part speaks about our response to Genesis 1.1, to the gate. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. And trembleth at my word. Doesn't put God on trial and, 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 and ask more questions. Now, <clears throat> Genesis 1.1 is a narrow gate. It's a stenosis. It sorts out. And the tragedy is so many casualties at the, at the threshold of the Bible. So many casualties, like bodies piled up. You just can't get into the Genesis 1-1 gate. Because what happens in Genesis 1-1 is that there's three simple questions that come up. Three words. And the first two are not important. But the tragedy of it all is that they're fatal distractions. And it's where most people just die when it comes to getting into the gate, to the book of life. And the... And the and the last question is the one they need to be concerned about, the one that we're concerned about. It's a lifelong question. So the first question is, when? That's the first question. When? When did this occur? The Bible's very, very clear. The word for day is, is, in Genesis is the word yom. It's yom. It's very, very, it, 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 it means what it is. You know, when, when we got married, I, I used to go to the store and, after we got married, and I'd go picking out stuff, and I'd throw stuff in the basket, and she would, my wife Cheryl would look at it, and she says, what's that? I said, well, that's herring, and that's kippers. She said, oh, no, I can't stand the smell of herring and kippers. And I used to say to her, I said, well, I said, my people eat those things. You know, that, that's what we would say. This is very important. Says, I said, in fact, it's, it, it's so important. There's a day when all we do is eat kippers. We call it Yom Kippur. <laughs> Bad joke. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. No, yeah, but in Yom Kippur, Kippur, so it's not spelled the same way. But in, in Yom Kippur, in, uh, in going to temple, uh, I still remember today that, it was, that we couldn't eat, we couldn't drink. There was a plastic bag over the water fountain in temple. It was terrible. And so, you know, as a little kid, it's a long time to go, 24 hours is a long time to go without eating and drinking. And, and uh, I kind of didn't like that day and uh, because of that. So after, you know, I became a believer and started to read and I came into this controversy about the meaning of the word yom. I said, it was absolutely, I said, it can't be more than 24 hours. We could never survive. <laughs> it's never an issue for me whether it's 24 hours or not. But it's very, very clear. It's a 24-hour day. And, and God did everything on these 24 hours. And if you add up the time like we talked about, and you know the 2,000 years since the Lord, then you get about 6,000 years. So how, how can you avoid the, the tragedy of, of, uh, of not getting through this, this gate of when. Well, it's a very simple explanation. And, and it doesn't have to do with the helium argon or the zircons or anything like that. It's very simple that if, if, if right after, you know, Adam was created, and right after he was created, God talked to him. They communicated. God said, you know, now I made you, so be fruitful. Take care of the garden and so forth. Right there. Now, if you were to go up to Adam right after that conversation, and you say, you know, excuse me, excuse me, Adam, because you're nice, and you said, how old are you? And then Adam would say, I'm one hour old. 
<laughs> he would say, now come on, you're not one hour old. You know, you're, you're at least, you're probably 32. You're 32, that's how old you are, and you tell the truth. No, she says, I'm telling you, I'm one hour old. He said, I'm one hour old. So, but, well, you've got to be at least over 20. He said, but he was one hour old. But he didn't look like he was one hour old. He looked like he was older. He appeared to be older than he was. That's called the creation with the appearance of age. You know, the farthest star that we have away from us, scientists tell us, is 13.2 billion light years. If you're taking notes, you want to write down Abel 1835. That's the star. So the internet says. Anyway, so when God created that light, or God created that star, so it takes, so when the light starts from that star and it gets to us, it takes 13.2 billion years to, to get to us. Well, you know, God is able to create the light in its path also, so that we can see that. So that if you say, well, that, that, that can't be, you know, that, that, you know, at the museum, Creation Museum, the, we, we have this, uh, a plaque when you first walk in. And I was thinking, because, you know, all these arguments, you know, like, oh, no, it can't be that, it can't be that. And I was thinking, there's got to be one simple verse that answers all the arguments that people come up against why Genesis 1-1 isn't true. So we made this plaque, and it says on there, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. That's what it says. And then, very simple verse after that is from Genesis 18. Genesis 18-24. And it says, is there anything too hard for God? We have a little counter there. With the, you, can, you can write down your list of what's too hard for God. Tom, there's a lot to consider about what we covered today in Genesis. I'm sure that our listeners will want to listen again at friendshipwithgod.org. But what does creationism have to do with friendship with God? You know, when you look at creation and especially the human body, which is the field that we are most involved in here at Scanabody's Laboratory. But when you look at the body, you see an incredible amount of faithfulness. I mean, when you look and you consider that the body has 65,000 miles of blood vessels, every single one of them purposefully laid down to supply the nutrients and take away the waste from the tissues and the cells that they supply. Every surgeon who operates on a patient knows exactly where every blood vessel, major blood vessel is going to be because of faithfulness. When you consider that there are seven miles of nerves within the human body, Neurologists all know where all the major nerve bundles are because of faithfulness. And they all know that those nerves do not collide with blood vessels because of faithfulness. When you look, for example, at the marvel of the molecule hemoglobin that carries oxygen to the cells, and carries carbon dioxide away from the cells. And you consider that this molecule, when it's in a basic, an alkaline environment, has a high affinity or absorbs oxygen, which it needs to do at the alveoli, at the lungs. 
And then when this molecule comes into an acidic environment, like one with high lactic acid, as in muscles that have exercised, that this molecule then releases oxygen because it loses its high affinity for oxygen and then takes up carbon dioxide because it has a high affinity for carbon dioxide. And it does that by changing its molecular shape because it comes into an acid environment versus a a, a alkaline environment. You know what you do? You sit there and you throw your hands up in the air and you say, ah, what a faithful creator. He thought of everything. And so as you look at the creation, the one word that continually comes back to you is faithfulness. This is the work of a faithful creator. He forgot nothing. He remembered everything. It's so wonderful, the childbirth process, that as soon as the baby is born, muscles are in place to squeeze off, clamp off sphincter muscles, the blood that was rushing in to supply the baby with blood. And if that didn't happen, the mother would bleed to death. Marvelous faithfulness. He thought of everything. Faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness all along the way. It's wonderful. So you take that word, faithfulness, and you go to a passage in the New Testament, 1 Peter 4.19, which says, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. You take the word faithful. You understand it's a faithful creator. And you say, if he was faithful in making me, he can be faithful in saving my soul or keeping my soul. And there's no greater friend than the one who saves your soul from hell. That's the friendship of God. And we are encouraged to commit ourselves to the saving of our souls to God because of his faithfulness as a creator. Commit the keeping of your souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. You know, here I love our museum, the Creation Museum. You can spend hours there. I mean, it's a place really for thought. As you go through the museum, the two sections that are there now, which is the history of the earth and geology, as you go into the anatomy and physiology part, it's a museum which is for children. There's uh, parts in there for what we call knee-high exhibits, where children have a great time with hands-on parts. But really, as you go through the museum, we have these wonderful uh, one, two, three, four-page free giveaway um, statements, and you pick them up. There's a notebook you can buy in the bookstore if you want to put them in there. And you read these things later, and you think about the wonderful work that God did in creation. 
And this is what the museum is dedicated to, is to show the glory of God in creation. Uh, I particularly love the, le- the last part that we've added there on anatomy and physiology. It starts off from the information section. Where does the information come from to construct this beautiful system we call the human body? It comes from DNA. What's DNA? Information. Where did that information come from? God. God made DNA. DNA is like a huge phone book or directory of information that directs everything that's made in the body. How marvelous that is. And then when you get from there, the information section, you go into the four basic tissue types, the four basic cell types in the body. The epithelial cells, the muscle cells, the nerve cells, connective cells, wonderful cells in the body, and then how they blossom out into the organs of the body, which then create the systems of the body, and all of that working together. It's absolutely wonderful. So I encourage our listeners to come to the museum to take a tour themselves or to go to www.creationsd.org to take a virtual tour. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. And we'd like to encourage you to make a tax-free contribution to this radio teaching program, whether a one-time or a monthly reoccurring donation. 100% of it will go to keeping this Bible teaching radio program on the air in your city on this station. And it'll also have a matching donation towards Israel Restoration Ministries and Jewish Evangelism Outreach. So donate at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or call us 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Thanks for listening.